And welcome to yet another rousing round of the Dicer Screaming Podcast. Oh! That's right. Oh. Is he all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our screaming die collapsed. Oh, wow. wow He's practicing his perfect death throws. Ah, yes. We're talking about Uzumasa Limelight. Yes. Get, go see it. Terrific a, movie. Yeah, I recommend that. Um, Mike, we're, we're just discussing it before we get started. But anyway, you're here for us, so here we are. And what are we going to talk about? Well, we're just going to keep that a secret. Oh, until you look at the... Yeah, those of you who may have looked at our title have already gotten our free spoiler. Yeah. Ah, but you can expect no less level of deception from the crappy radio jingle of gaming podcasts. Oh, man. Where they couldn't even hire the good band. Yeah. Uh, they got the guys who were like just like that one fatal step away from winding up making music for pornos. Yeah, yeah they, you know, they had to work Saturdays because that was the only one that, that was available to local bars. So. Yeah, if we lose like two listeners, that's us. Yep, that's we'll us. We'll be podcasting for pornos. Yeah, which we got a couple new listeners. Bow, wow. So we want to thank you for uh, liking and enjoying our podcast. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, yes, today is you. Topic Tuesday, so we got some topic. Actually going to do a review. Uh, yes. We'll, we'll actually uh, give you a little peek behind the kimono. Just a little peek. Yeah, yes. a review. It will be fluttering... But your view will be tastefully obstructed. Really? Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the least I can do. True, true. We, we could ask, but we expect no less. No. no All right. All so right. we got a lot of call-ins to go through. Uh, most of Jason went from Joe. But we're going to get to those. Uh, we're just going to put all of Jason's together, and then we're going to just going to tackle them all at once as they should be. Ah! enough work for both of us, I think. Yeah. And then uh, we'll get on Joe. So take it away, Jason. Hey, guys. Jason here. Again, great to hear your voice once more. At the risk of being crude, pop that cherry. Once you get a smartphone, you won't go back. Congratulations to both of you for mastering those fears, spiders, bees. And thank you for sharing those stories. Those are you know, inspiring stories of overcoming those fears. I would like to say the, I'm sure there, well, there's a buttload of virtual tabletops now, but the big one you probably missed was Fantasy Grounds. And the most important thing about Fantasy Grounds, of course, is that there's a Role Master module for it, because we all know Role Master is the best role-playing game. Uh, and I'm definitely not plugging my 11 July episode in Nerds RPG Variety Cast where I have six podcasters talking about Rollmaster. I'm not plugging that at all. But I think Fantasy Grounds is the one you missed. Great to hear you guys again. Talk to you soon. Hey, guys, one more thing. I was so busy not promoting my Rollmaster Extravaganza episode, I forgot to say something really, really important. You know, I guarantee you there are things you and I don't agree on, be it games or politics or whatever, right? But we're adults, and you guys can respectfully discuss something, and I try to respectfully discuss things that I don't agree with, right? But we should be adults. We should be able to discuss those things. At the end of the day, agree to disagree, but we should be able to do it in a calm, rational manner. So for the people that gave you a hard time, whether it be calls, whether it be on Twitter or Facebook, sounds like a lot of us on Twitter, well, screw them. If they can't be adults and can't treat you respectfully, then... The heck with that, man. If if you don't agree with somebody these days, 
being a step up, be an adult, and have a rational conversation. Because that's the only way we're going to get better as a society. Hey, guys. Sorry for the third message, but I also forgot to mention that your comments on masks are spot on. It does not hurt you to wear a mask. Just wear the damn mask. It's not to protect you. It's to protect other people. Don't be selfish. You, you know, I live kind of in a rural area here in Virginia, and I'm like the only person. No, that's not fair. I'm one of the, like, 20% of people that wear masks. I, you know, we're supposed to be 100% wearing masks. I go in gas stations, liquor stores, friggin' you name it, and I'm like, you know, the only person wearing a mask, or, you know, I'll say it, all the other white people aren't wearing masks. What do you think about that? And, and if that's racist, I'm sorry to say it that way, but it's the honest truth that friggin' these knotheads, good old boys, think they're too good to get catch COVID. Wear your mask, people. All right. Thanks, uh, Jason, for that totally not broken up into three parts, uh, forgotten to add certain things. No, uh, but... Colin. Seriously, we could totally count on you. Uh, literally. Yep. After we after recording the last podcast, we were thinking, ah, geez, there's got to there's something we missed. There's something we missed. Uh, and then Randy gives the shrug and goes, you know what, Jason will probably know it. Yeah. And not even kidding, we were like, yeah, you know what? I mean, he'll catch it. We trust him. Yeah, so yeah, we, we forgot about Fantasy Grounds. Yeah, the big You blunder. did not disappoint us. That's right. You delivered, sir. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so Fantasy Grounds, that's kind of our bonehead. I wasn't as uh, steeped in it as I should have been. Mainly because Fantasy Grounds, like you said, yeah, it does a lot of good stuff for other games besides just Roll20. But hey, you know what? Fantasy Grounds, and there's a butt-ton of other ones that probably uh, we're neglecting as well. That are out there, but um, Google's your friend. Uh, not to be lazy about this, it's just one of those things where you know uh, th- there's just so much information to take in. Uh, once you get happy with yours, like we're just doing it on Discord because it works. Um, during these uh, difficult times, it is to get people together, or when players move away, Discord or uh, Fantasy Grounds or whatever, even Zoom can just, you know, get somebody connected and uh, gaming back with you at the table. So that's an incredible thing to take away from this, even when this thing gets past us, and it will. So thank you for the masks and uh, oh, yeah. I, the I thumbs up mention, on it. You know, it, it, your observation is largely correct. I, I've noticed the same thing here is that a lot of communities are very quick to jump on board uh, the notion of looking out for each other and just doing what they got to do and knuckling down and getting back to business uh, as best we can. Uh, with just a few adjustments. And there does seem to be one clique of people who have enormous difficulty making any kind of personal change to their routine at all, and that clique of people is notably melanin deficient. Uh, well, we are not known as them. the Kyle and Karens. Yeah, yeah. The, I now pronounce you Kyle and Karen. <laughs> Kyle, may, you may now punch the drywall, and Karen, you may call for the supervisor. <laughs> all right that's funny uh, but i also wanted to mention with regard to rise of the rune lords uh congrats that is a terrific thing to be doing a session on that's joe oh jason was doing role master i have leaped forward into the future uh it's because i existed 
all times and places simultaneously. Kind of so. like Yog Sothoth, but not as sanity blasting. <laughs> Although close. <laughs> you wonder about what's behind that kimono. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, interdimensional horror. <clears throat> but no, yeah, uh, Rollmaster, yeah, totally uh, a fun thing. I'm glad that uh, you got some people. Uh, all hyped up about it. I'm kind of hyped up about it against the uh, Dark Master when it comes out. I should be getting my copy. Ooh, good on you. Yeah, I kind of like uh, going back to some old school Merp with the serial numbers kind of rubbed off on the uh, token. <laughs> but I mean, Elf, you know, Queen and Elf King, you know, are generic <sighs> titles. But I, they're that's their working title, what they got right now. And they're going to move forward and give them names and stuff like that. But okay. heavily inspired. As they should be. As they should be. Yeah. So, I, yeah, we're going to be talking about something else that's inspired, but that's another teaser. So, and also, thank you. Yeah, don't worry about all the other people. We only mention them because some... I sometimes get mobbed by a bunch of goons on Twitter because I say things that probably I should just keep my mouth shut and my head down. I have a hard time doing that, and so I do invite my own problems. Yeah, and I... Like have a only modest internet presence, and I don't really use it to incite any kind of argument at all. Uh, I really enjoy like finding something I really like, and then you know just hitting a thumbs up uh, and then disappearing, uh, which is more or less the extent of my involvement. So uh, you know it hasn't been nearly so rough on me. I'm just an internet ghost in the machine. Yeah, I'm a loudmouth, so I'm not afraid to use my. Uh... Superpower for awesome. I don't know if it's for good. <laughs> I will never use my powers for good, but I will use them for awesome. That's right. So there we go. Um, <laughs> so we're going to turn it over to uh, Mr. Joe. Joe. He called in. I've got a cat on my shoulder. Um, trying to get on the show here. Got a table monkey on his back. Yeah. Likes to jump up. And now he's rubbing against the mic. So get away. Uh, we'll take it away, Joe, and we'll be right back. What's up, fellas? Dude, there's always at least one point in your episodes where I just have to be like, oh, fucking Mike, dude. And I would not have it any other way. Holy crap, you guys crack me up. Uh, but as far as online gaming goes, yeah, so I've, I've done it. <clears throat> I've ran a few games on Zoom, and I joined a new Pathfinder group to play uh, Rise of the Rune Lords online, and that's been really fun. It has put our podcast on hold because as cool as online gaming is, it it definitely lacks something. It changes the dynamic, uh, the way people interact, the way you bounce off one another. So we didn't feel that would be a good a good move for our show. So we put that on hold. But I have been fun, been having fun playing online and running some online. Anyway, guys, great stuff. Peace out. And we're back, and thanks for those kind words, Joe. Yeah, we're glad that Mike can always uh, meet your expectations. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, <laughs> no depth goes unplumbed. Uh, <laughs> uh, dredging the sewers of comedy. It's Mike Hannon. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Uh, but uh, thanks for the kind words. Glad to hear you're going through Rise of the Rune Quest. Uh, Rune Lords, yeah, Rune Quest. Rune <laughs> the, Quest. The Topsman of Comic 
uh, gaming podcasts. The Toffsman, yeah. Toffsman, yes. Yeah. See who gets that one. Yeah, the right people will. Not everyone <laughs> will get this one, but the right people. <laughs> yeah, so Rise of the Rune Lords, uh, Jason, or Joe, oh, jeez, terrible tonight. Joe, those J words, and they're just not even completing my sentences. Yeah, we're glad we're enjoying that. And uh, also, thank you again for your support on online gaming. I think that uh, you're exactly right that there's a lot of fun to be had online, but nothing beats being with the home crew, you know? Yeah, there is no actual substitute uh, for your close personal pals, the people you game with regularly. They're the bread and butter, man. I mean, it, it's part of the thrill. And, you know, like some new people come and some old people go. And, I mean, that's that's part of the beast, but... You have this long, slow sense of continuity with people that you work with in person. And it just, it, it's a dynamic that cannot be matched any other way. I'm glad we have alternatives available to us to tide us over for a while. It'll be a wonderful thing to sit back at the table with pals again. Yeah. Except no substitutes. At least not for very long. Oh, no. And um, so, yeah, keep the call-ins coming, folks. Uh and again, thank you, Joe. Yeah. Thank you. Glad uh, to be we back. We got your name right and uh, got your game right. So, Rise of the Rune Lords. Yeah. Okay. I just got overly excited yeah, I mean, about that. I'm, it's a great series. I've been reading all afternoon, so my head's somewhere else. Um, nonetheless, um, we're going to turn it over real quick, take a break, and then we're going to be back with our topic. So, stick around. We'll be back. What's up, fellas? Dude, there's always at least one point in your episodes where i just have to be like a oh, fucking mic dude and i would not have it any other way holy crap you guys crack me up uh but as far as online gaming goes yeah so i've i've done it <clears throat> i've ran a few games on zoom and i joined a new pathfinder group to play uh rise of the rune lords online and that's been really fun it has put our podcast on hold because as cool as online gaming is it it definitely lacks something. It changes the dynamic, uh, the way people interact, the way you bounce off one another. So we didn't feel that would be a good a good move for our show. So we put that on hold. But I have been fun, been having fun playing online and running some online. Anyway, guys, great stuff. Peace out. And we return once again. Much yes. to your chagrin. Oh, you're still here. Yeah, well, we'll fix that. Oh, you you must be the listeners with the high constitution score. We we. <laughs> yeah, your endurance <laughs> is noted. You're taking the poison DPS to the ear, and you're still surviving and staying for more. Okay, let's get topical. Yeah, tonight uh, we're going to do a review of A Rough Guide to Glamour, which is from the Johnston Compendium for Chiasium which is, uh, of course, for the Rune Quest game. And this is uh, kind of like the DM's Guild, excuse me, where you have some um, amateur or less than uh, mainstream stuff that might come out, or anybody wanting to put out any of their work, uh, this is the place to do it, and it gets under the uh, RuneQuest license and all that, and uh, they get a little bit of money from it, and you get a little bit of money, but you also get your name out there. Because Glorantha has been going on for 40 years, and of course a very famous quote that's going around right now about anybody playing in RuneQuest is, 
your glorantha may vary. For instance, some people just really hate ducks, and so they remove them wholeheartedly. And you know, then others say, certainly like, nobody here. Ah. Well, <laughs> you'd have to run room quest, but I get where you're coming from. I just, yeah, you, I don't think they're all they're quacked up to be. Yeah. You know, I yeah, think you're kind of crazy, but you know. <laughs> well, we'll see what that when you get the bill, what happens. So. <laughs> ah. All right. Well, they're terrible puns, but what do you expect? Anyhow. <laughs> so yeah, you know, there's a lot of going on with some people how they run Glorantha, and you know, it's always going to be like there's only one way to run it. No, there's many ways, and uh, the Johnston Compendium. Yeah, there's this, as many ways as there are game masters. Okay, uh, every Glorantha is a little bit different and deserves to be. Uh, just because I'm not a big fan of ducks per se does not mean that I don't love Glorantha as a campaign world. Uh, it is a terrific setting, and RuneQuest is a really remarkable and one of the longest-lasting remarkable, you know, RPGs. So we've. We've brushed up against RuneQuest before and given it our certainly our nod of approval. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, looking to run more of it here in the future. But so well, I got to say, their their openness to new people I consider admirable. Uh, yeah, letting people come in and fill in the blanks on areas that may not have been given a lot of coverage uh, in previous manuals and publications, uh, inviting people to like, no, no, come on, you know, like let's see what you got. Like if this is if this is editable, if this is professional enough that we can make a proper manual out of it, yeah, we'll let this happen. That kind of openness is reminiscent to the early days of RPGs themselves. Yeah, and uh, I talked to Nick Brook uh, Moonbroth on Twitter, uh, who wrote uh, part of this along with a couple other uh, O'Brien, Matthew O'Brien. Yeah, Michael O'Brien. I'm sorry. And so this covers Glamour, which is basically the heart of the Lunar Empire. It is the central city, the vista unto like Rome, in the allegory. But uh, as uh, I think uh, Stafford was much like Professor Token, they disliked direct allegories per se. Yeah, they were in. They may have been in some part inspired by things of the real world. World certainly, but are they? to be taken as literal comparisons, point by point. No, they are decidedly not. Uh, there are many elements that are absolutely unique and other elements uh, from scattered tidbits of Earth history here and there. Like a little of this, a little of that. Uh, and the Lunar Empire, is its it's its own animal. Uh, yes, it's uh, led by the singular goddess, uh, the lunar goddess, the red goddess, the goddess of the moon with her crimson bat that is infamous for eating hordes of people at every uh, time it lands on Earth. A beast of chaos that she mastered and proved her mastery over chaos, thus ascending to the ranks of the highest of gods. And, of course, she's a multifaceted god, and she has other ancillary gods that are attached to her, known as the lunar cult or the red cult, because red is her color. She is the red moon. Which goes right back to the original uh, board game that Stafford was working on, White Bear, Red Moon. Which the White Bear was, of course, Harak, the Berserker. Yeah, they were very, very fond of classical mythology there at the RuneQuest gang. Yeah, and, and, and this is before... They really knew their stuff. Yeah, well, Stafford was a, a, a undergraduate of mythology at the time, working on his uh, master's, and uh, later, you know, finished up his degree. He's... 
he's basically a lot like uh, into token uh, comparison uh, who made, created a world out of linguistic the love of ling linguistics and how they shape cultures and nations Stafford uh, was inspired to create his own world based on his fascination with God's cultures and not to bring up another ridiculous meme but uh, you're like I'm, I'm just read something that uh, very quickly uh, it was called the Silvianus ring was, oh yeah 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 we know, were just Looking at that. Uh, the <laughs> gold Roman ring uh, that had an inscription on it that, uh, you know, was a dedication to Venus and it was meant to be used as a, a seal of, of sorts. Uh, and then it was rededicated by some pre like later owner who <laughs> uh, dedicated it to Christianity. Uh, but a lead tablet was found in a, a pagan burial site that described the exact same gold ring having been stolen by somebody yep. who matched the inscription that was found on it later. Uh, well, like all of this was known to J.R.R. Tolkien back in his early days before he started writing about the one ring, uh, a gold ring over you know, which passed through many hands yep. and which many people argued over. So, you know, they may have found this and the lead tablet that included the curse against the thief uh, are both found and sitting in the same museum. So, uh, yeah, you know. It's interesting to see where uh, that may the antecedents, be. the seeds that led to a lot of the things we enjoy. Yeah. And I've always kind of looked at... Um, so kudos to the Glorantha crowd. You know, they, they have much the same kind of serious chops behind their writing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, their lo the work alone in Glorantha is uh, comparable to almost uh, Middle Earth. And I, only, I say almost because... The fact is, is that stuff is still being written, and there's very uh, different interpretations. But more on that later. Right now, we're going to talk about the rough uh, guide to glamour. Now, glamour is the central city, the heart of the empire of the lunar empire, and no less than the son of the lunar goddess, a mortal man, is Moon Sun Argentus. He yes, is, he is the head. He is literally in. Uh, demi-god unto himself and he lives on the plane carries out his mother's wishes and washes um, or and watches over her empire carrying out its mundane day-to-day -day tasks now if you get to look at the rough guide to glamour cover you'll notice that there's a peculiar fellow that should be curiously familiar to many in the 20th century music scene uh, <clears throat> elvis presley and uh, moonbroth talks about this quite a bit why yeah. they did this. So Mike had a nice allegory I want to share with you all. Oh, well, when it was being described to me uh, in the core concept of creating a demigod who was of music and of the arts uh, and yet was in the material plane and surrounded by the materialistic and who was kind of exhausted, really, yeah. by his day-to-day -day mundane duties. Uh, and, you know, one... His heart is in the clouds, in creativity, and in music, uh, but his flesh is bound down here with all of these mundane, just life-sucking details. You know, worry about the new construction of sewers in his beautiful city that he helped create. And so they, they described it as a kind of Elvis-like myth. Uh, and, you know, a, a, a king that uh, wearies... Of his throne. I mean, the throne is just exhausting to him. And 
you know, the first words that popped out of my mouth were, ah, Orpheus and rhinestones. Um, yep. You know, the tale of Orpheus, uh, musician, you know, goes into hell for love. And uh, yeah. if you just bring that up into the modern world, uh, Moonsun Argentus is very much like that. He is a living demigod uh, in the world, exhausted, or at least bored, stiff, uh, of his fame and of his duties. Yeah, every day is a feast. They prepare these extravagant, lavish meals for him. Um, He has innumerable slaves tending to his every need. His every whim is catered to on purpose and fulfilled. He wants for nothing. And yet, with all that, he is still unhappy. Yeah, I mean, this is a musical creative. You know, somebody who, you know, the, the fire of their passion burns only for, you know, their, their actual aspect as a demigod. And that's the role that they wind up not being able to fulfill to their heart's content. They're, they're bogged down by everything else. And there's something very Elvis-like about that yeah, crisis. We come very close to having almost a deific figure in Elvis Presley because of how people enshrine him and look to him as some type of victim. He's a, definitely a tragic figure. And he is a figure for sometimes comedy and sometimes pathos, which is presented throughout the book. I think it is fairly clear that you kind of feel, uh, you get a feel for this. But I also understand this was part of a live role play experience that was... Uh, really? Yeah, that uh, people took oh, part in. Oh, man. All right, baby. Somebody bring me a fluff another sandwich. So I like the opening here. I'm going to have Mike read this because I'm missing <laughs> out tonight. This book is blessed by Glamour, the first inspiration of Moon Sun. May Yara Aranis take those who would steal or wrongly use this work... May she remove their limbs, their eyes, their teeth, and their sexual organs, and may they live through that. May she disembowel them and devour their innards, and may they live through that. May she drag what is left of them into her mother's hell and give the remnants to the hungry one and let them never know the blessed sleep of the dead. Thieves, plagiarists, and blasphemers, beware. I always like how they open theirs and let them live through that. Well, ow. Uh, which, the poetic styling there is very similar to the written curses of the ancient world. Yeah, you find that almost everyone, they're like, uh, let's see, on the Maroon Quest Coral book, let's open that up. Yeah. yeah let's right. pop that open. Because, again, these are people who are relatively, you know, like some of them are very well studied in classical mythology. Uh, and so they have a familiarity with the style, like uh, yep. the meter, the cadence... Uh, and the type of threats that would be issued uh, would be uh, May Arachne Solara bless and protect this book. Not as uh, profane now, or as elaborate, but uh, Greg Stafford himself passed in 2018, and uh, the RuneQuest role playing in Glorantha book uh, is dedicated to him. Uh, mythology is all about meaning. The physical sciences in the physical world can tell us what things are, but they can't tell us what they mean. Uh, and, yeah, that's just a little quote from the guy. Thank you for opening the door to Glorantha and showing us how to see the invisible worlds of our fantasy. Yep. A little homage to Greg Stafford himself. Yep, also the, terrific uh, writer. 
Yeah, almost all the RuneQuest books have some kind of dedication, but that one was terribly dire, so <laughs> I wonder what was going on there, but yeah. Um, <laughs> well, maybe it's because the Lunar Empire is a fierce place. Yes, you know? it is. It is a uh, military theocracy. It is uh, suborned and led by the Lunar Goddess, but Glamour itself uh, was the inspiration of, called the first inspiration of Moonsun. And uh, it is literally the greatest city in all of Glorantha. There may have, in some other areas of the world, be bigger ones, but none are as great as this. And it is literally filled with the millions of devotees to the Lunar Way. So, um, literally in here, the seat of power of the Lunar Empire is carried forth. It was originally Glamour. Is It's named after the nymph that uh, Moonsun fell in love with in his first incarnation and he built a city here. And um, there is many allegories to it being the city of dreams, the city of illusion. Illusion is the truth of the lunar way, responsible for the warm, warm rosy glow felt by most travelers visiting the city. Which, uh, once again, glamour is, uh, while well, we obviously see it popularly used to refer to fame and importance and limelight and attention, uh, in the more classical writing, uh, you will find glamour used uh, with regard to an illusion, a pretense, uh, a charm cast over the senses mm -hmm. to bedazzle a person and uh, cause them to see what is not quite actually there, uh, or to enhance yeah. uh, something that might seem plain if you saw it under normal circumstances, but is now beautiful beyond compare. Uh, to the bedazzled or the charmed person. So, thus the name, Glamour. Uh, and, you know, it is indeed a most impressive city. Now it comes, of course, with an explanation of this city. That's our dog shaking herself out. Um, gives you a brief map and uh, with a key code with uh, colors uh, indicating various areas. So that's pretty good with uh, places like the Moon Rock Cafe, because Moon Rock from the Red Moon. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> and, uh, of course, other uh, buildings. Here is the infamous uh, Monster Coliseum. If you remember that uh, from the old RuneQuest supplements, is is here. This is where, basically, uh, they made a mini-game just uh, demonstrating the combat system where you would just fight any monster and, you know, you would create a gladiator and that's all you, know, you were here for. Which is to see who, uh, how long you could go. Yeah, and the intention behind it was to, you know, give characters a chance to experience combat, uh, experience some things out of the bestiary, and uh, to level up and go through the process. So it was the original concept was a very quick way to get players engaged and get them adept at working with that system. So it was a, it was a cool little thing of the past. Uh, here you get to see it a little more fleshed out. Yeah, and most of these are statless. There is some game mechanics and some spells and some cult uh, rules, which remember cult in Glorantha means something different. Here it's in uh, Call of Cthulhu and others, cults are usually bad. Here cult is just a sect of the religion or a different uh, approach to it because they are broken up sometimes among, even among the same God has competing cults. Yeah, I, and let's face it, uh, all are subject to the Lunar Empress. Okay? Right. They're absolutely. all subject to the... Yeah, her God. cult... Her, um, she has the seven mothers and several other 
Gods including Moon Sun himself yeah, has his Moonsun own cult. Moon Sun has his own cult, but it is subservient to Oh, yes, mother, he is so. the top. And you see here, there are very good illustrations throughout and also rumors on each uh, area of the city. Yeah, widely varying illustrations in this book. Uh, you know, an interesting variety of people contributed. And I consider some of them just wonderful pieces of uh, art that really kind of take me back. They remind me of the early days of gaming again. Uh, yep, and uh, like rumors, this. like Moon Sun Argentus was previously known as the Silver Proxy. You know, and they give each one of these uh, little rumor tables gives you a kind of window into what people believe and think in the city currently. Yeah, they did try to spice each area and each quarter of the city uh, with not just raw descriptions of buildings, uh, people, and their functions but also what kind of events are going on in the current day. So if you're playing in that area, you then have these comparatively interesting, realistic, minute details going on all around the players that spice things up nicely. Yeah, I, and you I have highly a, approve of that kind of game writing. You have uh, the places that uh, are of legend outside of Glamour. The Lunar College of Magic is often mentioned throughout many RuneQuest supplements and uh, Glorantha areas as being the singular greatest achievement of sorcery and modern magic in the time. And, of course, uh, you know, they have several par uh, parts dedicated just to art and culture. Art and culture and parks and recreation. <laughs> parks yeah. and open spaces. Yeah. But, but it would be great if it was like, Lorantha, Parks and Rec. Yep, and I want to make that show now. Lorantha Parks. Ah. Well, if you use the uh, cover here, you could have Danny DeVito as the tax collector. The yes, imp. perfect. I came out blasted with my <laughs> <laughs> two crossbows. No, no. <laughs> so uh, quite through here uh, again, some people may say, "Well, there's not a whole lot of uh, game statistics." I kind of think that this is more of an inspiration. It's a look, and it's up to the game master. Obviously, the burden falls to them to they want to provide. NPCs or stats, I, yeah, it is kind of a do-it-yourself, but I don't think that's much of a detriment. I mean, if you're a hardcore RuneQuest gamer or game master, it, this, that's not hard for you to come up with. Uh, yeah, I'm going stats. to reference a couple of uh, you know similar types of works. One would be uh, the old days of Forgotten Realms, uh, the early manuals that filled in regions did not give a whole lot of completely filled out every minute detail. Uh, a lot of uh, rough descriptions of areas, leads, hints, and things with the expectation that an enthusiastic DM would take a rumor or a notion or a potential plot hook and then build on it from there. Uh, and this delivers that style, okay? It delivers a lot of material that you can build on and it's giving you the lead, okay? Like, uh, well, you could do a little something with this, uh, or you could have some intrigue over here, or you could have some serious combat over here. And it puts the hints there without kind of bludgeoning you over the head, like, oh, no, that, that, that is all that this is about, and you can't really do anything else. No, none of that. Yeah, and also uh, sprinkled throughout here are various stories det detailing various plots currently in the Empire. And uh, about the emperor, including somebody who's promoted to a senator, which is kind of alarming. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, 
There's also a travel guide uh, by Mike Hagen with a rough guide to Glamour, which basically gives you almost like a traveler's brochure of where to go, how to explore the city, but even like visas and red tape, literally red because that's a thing. <laughs> Everything is red. It, that's the Lunar Empire, the Red Empire. And of course, a guide to let's speak New Pelorian. Yes, uh, hints at language. Another thing that throws the mind back to the classic Forgotten Realms texts, because yeah. uh, in the original manual, there were greetings given for peoples from differing nations. What was the common way to say hello in this part of the world or that part of the world? Well, now here you have uh, Chris Gidlow includes some little Like a satrap is called a sultan, and a sultan is called a satrap. What does this mean? I have no idea. <laughs> ah, but uh, <laughs> in a little, in a little nod to George Orwell. Yeah. Uh, uh, new talk uh, is new Pelorian. Good, tending towards the benefit of the empire. Plus good, beneficial to the empire. Double plus good, actively furthering the aims of the empire. <laughs> now look at uh, freedom. Uh, obedience to the emperor is freedom. <laughs> Slavery. Obedience to the emperor is also slavery. Uh, unperson. By definition, there are no unpersons in the empire. Uh, ungood. Rebellious. Damaging or destructive to the empire. Double think. To hold to contradictory opinions, as instructed by the lunar way, knowing both are equally true. Yeah, because the lunar, the lunar goddess herself is almost a, a being of duality. She is both of chaos and of order. So she often holds a duality on many positions. So, which, you know, for a lot of people, um, they also uh, put forth here. We're just going to actually, I'm going to drop that part. And basically, very important people in uh, Glamour. And they go through and, of course, start. Thank you, Ragnar. He's uh, giving us two cents here. Yeah, giving us the business. Yep. I'm about to get tossed in the next room if he doesn't quiet his yep. And there are very people here that are uh, throughout the empire. Persons of notable importance, uh, starting, of course, with Moonsun Argentius, uh, and then the imperial warlord Bellix Maximus, uh, the chief tax collector who uh, bears a marginal resemblance to a Danny DeVito. Yeah, I don't uh, think. I, I think so. Ivex Devouring Dog, the chief tax collector. Uh, Galbonus the Sycophant. Chief Speaker of the Senate. Ah. And Jariel the Razorus, fourth inspiration of Boonsun. Yeah. A kind of superhero she has become for her military prowess and her skill as a poet musician, as well as her uncommon beauty. Uh, these are in this section, and it continues for a goodly ways. Uh, it goes through highlighting the personal backgrounds and you know, most significant characteristics of all of the most important people in a courtly sense. The, the people with the greatest amount of political and religious clout, uh, the people with, you know, military might, uh, fame or infamy, or enormous influence inside the uh, Lunar Empire's most glorious city. Yep. Which, this gives you, it, well, they're not statted out, this does give you a pretty good window into what these people are about. Yeah, they're not simply statted out so, you know, they can be slaughtered by player characters. I'm going to go kill Moonsun Argentus. Ah, I'll be the most powerful person. You know, you yeah, can't kill him. 
Uh, RuneQuest is still firmly in the camp of, like, really? You're going to try and punch a god? You do realize that this means you totally deserve what comes next. Oh, right? we'll stat it out for you. Go right yeah. ahead. We'll write we'll write stats all day. He has a 250 constitution. How does that grab you? Yeah. That just means I'm going to have to hit him really hard. Yeah. So You're there's, with that. there's uh, maps of the outer areas and, of course, more uh, stories going through there. And, of course, it talks about uh, the various ways and mandates that the Lunar Empire runs and controls its holdings. As well as some of the... Uh, a detailed inscription on the rune cult of the Red Emperor, his own personal coat with his own uh, rune spells, such as command citizen and compel prostration. Yep, yep. It's only effective against lunar subjects, uh, but you know, it, it's a factor if you have some rebellious subject giving you a little grief. Just remind them that, like, yeah, you know. I got this rune magic from our emperor himself. Mm-hmm. The red emperor, you know, Moon Sun himself has blessed me with the power to make you remember that I'm your boss. Uh, yeah, there's some interesting new spells uh, included in this. And then there's a section of miscellaneous notes. Like the justice and the lunar calendar. As well as uh, now, um, attributes of the imperial cult as well. Uh, with their specific rune spells. Appeal for justice. Appeal for clemency. Appeal to his majesty. And invocation of victory. Ah, interesting little side notes there. Yeah, well, rune magic does play a big part. Because, you know, that's the whole point of worshipping the gods. Is to get their access to the rune magic. And, of course, ha- being attuned to those runes. There's also a nice little homage to Pelorian Rhapsody. Which... You- Bohemian Rhapsody comes to mind right off the bat. Yeah, uh, not accidental, I might add. Original lyrics by Freddie Mercury. (laughs) Yes, and it it is actually the uh, uh, Queen song, Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, with the words adjusted to match the game setting. So it's, you know, true to real RuneQuest form, I, I know that I don't approve of ducks, but the ducks were in there because they included a sense of humor, a sense of whimsy, and a sense of the random in the original game. And they were right to do so. It was to, like, let's take the serious down a notch, okay, people? Let's not get all bent out of shape. I don't like it myself, but I understand why they did what they did. And in doing a cute little thing like this, they properly honor the original material. Exactly. And then uh, there's also a whole section on Glamour herself and the history and nature of her cult that still goes on. Euphoria and Rapture and of course nice little illustration of her enthroned as his first inspiration. Well, his mother. The red. Oh, she's bald. Oh, That's her. Oh, that's the nymph. Yep. And then... And, of course, a little another thing, Red Storm season, a lost uh, expedition to the far north. Yes, to find a lost ship. Yeah, so there's some adventure ideals and also another uh, story about the annual dinner. Some more uh, things about magic. And, finally, a letter from a monopolist, the uh, merchants. Hmm. These are adventure hooks, to be specific. These are things included at the ending of the book. 
that are meant to be like rather than just the hints that are included within the city uh, where they're dropping ideas left and right about like, hey, there's a little of this going on over here at this shop. Uh, these are more pronounced adventure hooks, uh, one by one being things that, depending on the type of adventure you're more, you're more suited for with your party, uh, you can flesh out the details and build it from there. But that brings us to the end of the Rough Guide to Glamour. Yeah, it's about... Hardbound, uh, attractive edition. Yeah, very well. Um, nicely produced, nicely illustrated, and uh, nice glossy cover. It it's, looks really good on the bookshelf or uh, out on the table when you're playing. It definitely catches the eye. Oh, so, especially uh, Moonsun Argentis, uh, Orpheus and Rhinestones, uh, Loranthus Elvis. Yep, and as strange as it may seem, it makes a certain type of sense once you get it in the context. If you were just to look at it at face value, you might uh, turn your nose up and scoff. But give this one a look. If you're into RuneQuest, definitely it is worthy. Maybe not everybody will play in the Lunar Empire. It's a difficult place to play in, especially if you're an Orlanthian or a Yelmian, uh, because they so violently oppose each other, yeah. and they have so much war between them. But, you know, there's always a way to get there. And I was going to say, you know, the DM in me understands that there are ways to plot out how such a person would get into the Lunar Empire and be there relatively peaceful and still be in possession of arms and armor and things like that. I mean, there are ways, uh, you know, a temporary oath of service to somebody, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the, the settling of a debt of honor that must be addressed first before you can go back home and make war on the Lunar Empire. Uh, you know, obligations such as Gaius's, uh, you know. Yep. There are ways for a DM to manipulate events to get uh, people from outside uh, the Lunar Empire in. And you, you can exercise them at your own discretion. But well worth it. Yeah, so thanks... Uh... <clears throat> Uh, Moonbroth for uh, giving me the heads up on this one and uh, definitely uh, I appreciate everybody's uh, hard work in this because it looks like it was a labor of love and that's what we wanted to say about the Johnston Compendium and some of the uh, other things from the Cthulhu Grimoire which is the uh, Chaosium's uh, imprint for their amateur work. I don't want to say amateur and trying to dissuade no, anybody. No, I mean, no, it, it By amateur, all we mean is that a lot of people who did not have uh, a professional tie to Chaosium, okay, that, that were not normally in the business of producing Chaosium-related works. Uh, they had the opportunity to contribute to this, and they did an outstanding job. Uh, yeah, I'm, we're probably forgetting a few things, and I'm pretty sure uh, Moonbroth will bring it up. Oh, sure. About uh, how we kind of screwed up. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, Stafford's credited here, and there's a lot of other good folks. So I don't want to say in any way that it's amateurish, no. It's, just, it's a good way to get your uh, stuff into print, and I totally approve. I mean, they're following the DMs Guild uh, oeuvre. They're making it really approachable for people to come in, get their stuff out there, and get it with the seal of the official approval of the line stamped on the cover. So that's really cool. Uh, check it out again. It's uh, about 30 bucks, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And you can get the PDF. Uh, right away so you can just start uh, cracking into it it's for me it's more of a, a lore piece 
which I don't imagine uh, using it per se, but there are parts of it I will use. Obviously, uh, the Lunar Empire will show up in the game done time. Uh, oh, yeah. If you're just fashioning Lunar Empire enemies to like cast against your players uh, out in Orland, you know, if, you, if you've just wanted to figure out, you know, like, what are these guys about? You know, are they just generic jerks? No. Uh, now you can liven up that enemy relationship. You've, you've got the source book with this that provides you with a little insight into where they're from, what they're about, what they believe, and some bonus spells to hurl at your foes. Uh, a few of them. But, you know, for a DM who might be interested in how to properly spice up and complicate an encounter with a familiar enemy and make it more interesting than it used to be. I mean, if you've gone toe-to-toe against Lunar Empire people before, uh, this is a nice way to bring that back to new material territory. Yeah, you can incorporate stuff, and it's it's obviously a trough of ideas that you can pick from. It's like a buffet. You can take a little bit of this and that and make something new and creative and also tie it into what I think is a worthy addition to Glorantha. So with that, well, I think we've wandered our way to the end here. So we oh, want to thank everybody for your callings. Shame on us. Oh, we did. Yeah, we did. We definitely used up all our time, but well spent. And uh, of course, let us know what you think about this. Uh, we like doing reviews on product and uh, definitely getting settled in. So getting some of the stuff out of the storage in other places is really helping me get back into the mood of reviewing product as well as talking about it so yeah if you like what we did and if you didn't well too bad but we'll keep doing it but uh yeah if you want to let us know what you think uh, whether good or bad you can let us know on uh facebook on our uh, facebook page you can leave a comment on there on the dice of screaming or you can get a hold of us directly by using the anchor app downloading that and leaving us a message there as well and we'll put you on the air but either yeah. way you can also kind of get a hold of us we'll uh, make you famous He'll, well, I don't know about me, but we can't make that no, claim. We no. can't. All right, that's perhaps that's a little too bold. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Sorry. Uh. We won't make you famous. Uh. Infamous? Internet I don't famous? even think we're capable of doing that. No, we, we can't even raise you to, like, to the level of, uh, what was, who was the guy that uh, had the meltdown online over Britney Spears wanting everybody to leave her alone. We can't even I make, think that, we can't even promise you that level of fame. Uh, the the five minutes of the world laughing at you. Uh, <laughs> the, we, that is not ours to offer yet. Yet. We're working on it. One day. All right. So yeah, <laughs> let us know what you think and I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. But until next time, may, may the, the dice always roll in your favor. favor. We're out. See ya. <laughs>